Welcome to this episode of All Damn Night. I am your host, Brandon Richardson, here with my co-host, resident expert, Sean. Sean, good to have you. Thank you very much. And we have a special guest here for the first time ever on the show, Mr. Christian Chin Eber. Chin, good to have you. Thanks for having me, guys. Chin is a uh, burgeoning stand-up comic. Uh, He's kind enough to join us on the show tonight. He's a good buddy of mine from back home in our hometown in Merced, California. We made our way to Austin, Texas in podcasting glory. How do you feel about that? Uh, Good. Good. You should feel good about it. We've come a long way, baby. Oh, I've heard this joke before. The the rabbi, the Italian, and the... uh, the, two guys from Merced. The two guys from Merced walking to the bar. Well, we beat the shit out of those two guys, I'll tell you that. All of them. All the asses beat them. Well, so uh, if you haven't heard this uh, extremely aggressive music history podcast before, what we do is uh, we go over a topic that uh, I've researched and Sean has no idea what it I is. I have no idea what he's talking about this week. Chin has no idea what it is. Not one. Not a single clue. So we're going to uh, go over it, talk about it, and uh, rap about it, have a good time. And uh, you can hang out with us and dive deep into the annals of music history. That's what we like to say here, right? Annals. No, I don't think we like to say that at all. But this is the greatest <laughs> podcast it a lot. in music history. Yeah, I think we should check them out on this one. <laughs> Welcome to All Damn Night. <laughs> Welcome to All Damn Night. So, Sean, Chin. Yes. On a rainy night. I'm here, yes. yes. In uh, Good, good, good. Uh, Roll call. In uh, 1805, in Vienna, Austria, an acclaimed composer was at a dinner at a friend's home, accompanied by a group of Napoleon's officers. Napoleon Bonaparte was, by many standards, the most powerful man in the Western world at the time. These men, being hosted by the composer's friend, were officers in the most powerful military in the world. They'd run roughshod over much of Western Europe, and now they were occupying Vienna, and could conceivably make life very problematic for anyone opposing them. Well, anything music-related to do with Austria, you know, right off the bat, it's going to be perfection. It's... Well, they we're not are saying that everything proud. Austria has ever produced is perfection. <laughs> proud people with a lineage... Of very, uh, <laughs> uh, very beautiful music and angry beautiful, painting. Blonde, blonde uh, eyes. Blonde eyes, yeah. But uh, <laughs> blonde, blonde eyes. But this man, this particular Viennanen, uh, was in no danger. The officers considered themselves quite lucky to be able to visit with the esteemed composer. Why was it just the officers that got music? Well, I, actually. Chin here happens to be a veteran, and maybe he can explain that better than I can. Yeah. <laughs> they get treated a lot better than everybody else, actually. There oh, you wow. go. <laughs> that was pretty simple then. All right. Just no, straight to the point, yeah. I'll I didn't just... see any shock on your face when I said the officers only were enjoying no. the music. Were there different types of music being enjoyed between the two classes? I would think absolutely because of the uh, the music, the instrumentation available. Because okay. you can only, they can't, especially the soldiers can't hear like a 78 or 45. You can't fit a Steinway in a barracks. No, so no. you're kind of limited All to right. stringed instruments and woodwinds and stuff, which is why like fife and drum was the music of the time, especially okay. it, it served a military purpose, but it was also like the entertainment of the time right, where right. like officers can go inside a club and hear a piano and an orchestra. Okay. Higher class. Interesting. But... This man was in no danger. The officers considered themselves quite lucky, so after a nice meal, they very politely asked if, they, if he might play them some new music. He told them to go fuck themselves. He didn't feel like it, and he wasn't going to The feel artist like said it. this. The artist said this. Well, you know, in Austrian, and like a little... <laughs> I bet little, it like, sounded beautiful. Phrase, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think much in Austrian <laughs> sounds beautiful. Maybe workout advice. The chick in Indiana Jones 3 was... Pretty beautiful. I will say that. Is that the one where he walks across the invisible bridge? Yes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You're right. Nothing uh nothing like the uh the small Chinese kid in that. He's made in the no, movie. No. Mr. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Never Jones. could get away with that, dude. Not not today. You cheat real big. I'm real small. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> fantastic short what's his name? Short stuff? Short round. Short round, yeah. dude. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so they, uh, he told them to go fuck themselves. He didn't feel like he was, he wasn't gonna feel like it. They could kiss his Austrian ass. He was out of there. This was all called chamber music that yes. they were playing. Yeah. So they're all in a, uh, 
in a big chamber hall. A room, one room. Yeah. And a picture, he's, Private he's, got quarters. A, he's got a small piano, and that's what they're asking him to play his stuff on. Maybe a spinet. He goes basically full Axl Rose. He says, like, okay. no way, and I'm out of here. I just want to know how he got away with saying that. Because they were, Spin he it. was held in such regard by these people. He grabbed his satchel, and without anyone even saying anything else to him, he walked off into the stormy night. And that work has become known as the Apassionista. And despite his fear of that night, it is one of his most tending and lo- tender and loving works. The water stains from the rain that night can still be seen on the original manuscript as an everlasting reminder of the mix of fury and tenderness, madness and genius that was the legend Ludwig von Beethoven. Oh, they made a movie about that dog. He's a giant dog, and the family really liked him. He helped them out a lot. The dad was addicted to heroin. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and the bad guy was like uh, Christopher Lloyd or, or something like that. Who was it? also addicted to heroin. Absolutely. Fun fact, kids and dog also addicted to heroin. Yeah. Everybody. That movie. Even the is, Goonies kids. It was a preemptive, yeah. prophetic view on today's opioid so crisis. So let me stop you right here to talk about something really important. Uh, speaking on how we got away with that, Chen, uh, I was... We went to go see Guns N' Roses in San Antonio, and oh. I literally had a, a flight to Vegas booked two hours after the the show. So we got out of there late, obviously, because Axel does whatever the fuck he wants, and he comes over the loudspeaker at the end of the show, and he's like, I don't care what the fuck you got to do, uh, where you're going, but when you get there, you just tell him you're at your old buddy Axel's house. And I pulled that shit with the, the, the lady who sat at the desk and checked us into the flight and she was like oh okay and i'm literally the last guy on the fucking plane to vegas and we leave they're waiting for me it was fucking crazy that's so. the one acceptable acceptable thing <laughs> it for was, a flight to be late I it was, was really really he said crazy. tell him you're at uncle axel's house I was at my <laughs> uncle axel's house and he was said it, you know we're gonna handle okay. it just a, a sigh of relief fell over the plane just ah, okay. you know i don't think they knew anything about it but which was to their benefit because it would just blow in their simple fucking minds <laughs> Stupid, but simple idiots sitting sheeple. on a flight with Sean. Jesus. You're lucky he doesn't right. go ape shit on all of you on every flight plane. he's fucking on. You're just along for the ride. <laughs> Do you know how close <laughs> this man is to snapping? I can't believe you let him on a plane to begin <laughs> <Shoot>. with. <laughs> Come one, come all, watch me play crap. So you will be on entertained, I guarantee you. He is on the brink. <laughs> I need a posse. <laughs> Uh, but as uh, in uh, where was I? You got you got me off Start track. Over with it doesn't your, matter. You got me off track with your air, yeah. airplane rage. Beethoven was born in Austria in December 1770. Baptized December 17th. He was the grandson of an acclaimed composer, Johann Beethoven, and his father was also a professional composer. But at least in Beethoven's view, his father was kind of a dick as well. And while young Be- Lut- Ludwig Ludwig displayed a great talent from an early age he grew quite tired of the millstone around his neck that his family and especially his father had become to him so at the ripe old age of 17 which is about 47 in today's years yeah definitely he set out for vienna now by himself by himself at 17 there's no parents no money young ludwig no skills but by today's standards like that he'd been around for a long time Gee, like, get out of here already you're 16 no, now, Vienna, Austria at the time, was the hot spot of Europe. Case in point, it was the hometown of another composer who Beethoven had idolized his entire youth. Haydn. A man by Mozart. the name of Wolfgang Amadeus. There we Mozart, go. Who had idolized Haydn. There we go. So it goes Haydn, Mozart, Amadeus. Which sounds like a terrible disorder. Well, it but sounds it's actually... like a great uh, <laughs> disco song. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> now... No question, Mozart needs and will get his own all damn night. But suffice to say, the guy wrote a few good tunes in his day. One story which I found presented as both fact and legend. So really, who knows? It's hard to discern this one. I'd like uh, to believe it's I true. I think it's like 50%, at least yeah. 50% true. Uh, it says that Beethoven spent a few it's days... It's like when Grandpa tells you a tale. Yeah, I think yeah. that's... Yeah, yeah like it's, it's at least partly true. It's rooted in truth. 
Uh, he spent a few days in Vienna and talked his way into playing a piece or two for the famous composer Mozart. He held in, in such high regard that when Mozart listened and was blown away, uh, he was thrilled because Mozart told his wife, uh, told Mozart told Mozart's wife that the young man in front of them was, in so many words, about to tear the music world a new asshole. Again, in which he did. He said that in Austrian. Paraphrasing. Yes. Paraphrasing in Austrian. Well, I yes. like to think these are exact quotes, but just in English. Yes. yes. Sadly. Can we pull up Google Translate real quick? <laughs> I don't think there's any need. I think this is pretty close. <laughs> That's exactly what it said in the 1700s. <laughs> I like to think so. Yeah. I mean, like, well, Mozart had a song called Lickin' Mine Arson. Which yeah. they have like a little kid choir singing on YouTube. It's called yeah. Lick My Ass. Yeah. No shit. I'm yeah. si- no pun intended, right? No pun. Yeah. yeah. No like pun. it's like it's See, that that was funny right there. <laughs> it's yeah. but it's legit. He has a song called he wrote all these like all these um like punny, dirty songs that like he and he wrote like all of his private letters are all about like farts and and yeah. debauchery. He's deep in the Illuminati as well. Deep, yeah. deep, yeah. deep in the Illuminati. Deep in that arse. We know you, Mozart. Pervert. By the way, <laughs> not true. Any of that? No, no, no. Well, no. The stuff about the stuff about the song is true. The stuff about licking my arse yeah. and the dirty letters are true. Okay. The Illuminati. I'm not sure. Uh, Maybe. No, the, the, the licking my arse. We're gonna do a video reaction to licking my arse, and then you've all, all right. got yourself all signed right. up. Yes. You heard it here. Gonna ruin all of your lives. <laughs> Sadly, though, even if this is true, it would be the last time the two bona fide geniuses would spin together. Soon after, Beethoven got word that his mother had become sick, so he had to hightail it back home. However, his mother died soon after. His father was a severe alcoholic, and the loss of Beethoven's mother had him slip further and further into the disease, into the disease until it ultimately took his life a few years later. During this time, Beethoven became the head of the household, caring for his younger siblings and eventually ailing father as well. This led to an, a deeper, an even deeper-seated resentment against his father, one that the young composer never would reconcile. So, a few years pass, from 1788 to 1790, in which Beethoven gives music lessons, plays a few local groups, and even teaches himself the viola in order to cop himself a side job with a string quartet. Then, at about age 20, Beethoven begins a span of about two years in which he starts to write some real deal, heavy duty genius stuff. This is where he like goes into his Rocky montage and starts like right. learning like exactly and what he's going to do. This is when we flash to the future of Bill and Ted's um, payphone booth. Exactly. And we get to like, oh, well now the world is ruled by your fifth symphony, you know. Welcome yeah. to the new world. Yeah. So around this time in 1792, Joseph Haydn, one of the only, if not the only, remaining contemporary of Mozart's held anywhere near his renown, was making a return trip to Vienna from London when he passed through Beethoven's hometown of Bonn. The two had met briefly before. Beethoven, Bonn. Bonn. <laughs> but on this meeting, the older, more experienced, established musicians saw such promised young Beethoven that he brought him back to Austria. So, finally... Beethoven was about to hit Vienna in a big way. Mozart had recently passed away, and Beethoven felt an obligation, some have observed, to carry on his musical legacy. A lot of his musical works around this time period are heavily influenced by Mozart. But he wasn't hot shit just yet. It's kind of not like coming up, period. Well, it's one of those things, if you believe it long enough, it'll eventually come true in, in in some fashion. If you're really good. Yeah, but... Then you could also say that about the guitar. You either can or you can't. Right. Um, so, I mean, Beethoven could. Mozart could, for sure. No, absolutely. Yeah, and like, but it, they're, they're both a mixture of like nature and nurture where like they had a great gift, but then they like were obsessed with polishing it and advancing it. Yeah, it was almost unhealthy. Uh, I think you could easily yeah. argue that. Uh, he became... Mozart had become a uh, had to, had come to Vienna to study under the more experienced and acclaimed Haydn, and for years he was a diligent student, learning that Haydn had uh, learning from Haydn as well as taking violin lessons from Ignaz Schuppenzig. Yes, that Ignaz Schuppenzig. Yeah. In case you were wondering. Yeah, that guy. He was out to master what's known in music theory world as counterpoint. As the triple crown? The triple crown. <laughs> like, well, what is counterpoint? I have no fucking idea. Uh, so, like, if you're watching a movie, 
there's uh, a whole bunch of drama and, and sadness and oh my god you can't look away because it's so intense and then all of a sudden comic relief comes in that's kind of point okay so Hmm. Wikipedia defines it as the relationship between voices that are harmonically independent in rhythm and contour. Okay. That's stupid. Yeah. yeah. Did you catch that? Yeah. That makes sense to you, right? Yeah. Easy. No. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can't hide genius forever, though. And by 1793, Beethoven's reputation... I've been saying that forever, man. I'm, you can't yeah. hide it forever, Jeez. man. Can't hide it forever. We wouldn't have Huey Lewis in the news. By 1793, Beethoven's <laughs> reputation around Vienna house concerts boom, as a boom, boom, masterful boom, improviser boom, 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 was beginning boom, to flourish, boom, and in boom, short boom. order, with the help of a friend in publishing, his renown as a composer was about to skyrocket with the release of his published works in 1795. He's about to release it and go. How old was he? Let's see, 1795. He was, uh, like, uh, seven. No, no, he was, uh, let's see. 20s? In his 20s somewhere? 25, yeah. 25, wow, so yeah. like Axl Rose was before 30 when he killed it. Yeah, and yeah, he's so was kind of in his Axl phase. Yeah. Wow. That's Wasted a good... my fucking life, Jesus. <laughs> At least my 20s. <laughs> well, I think, I think everybody that's worth a shit has wasted their 20s. <laughs> well, uh... Beethoven, his first public performance was in Vienna in early 1775. He played one of his first concert concertos, though it's not entirely for certain which one, because based on record keeping at the time, it's completely shitty. Like no one has idea any idea what it was. There was no Wikipedia. Yeah, they don't keep any like set lists. You know, yeah. uh, regardless, a concert well, was. It, it, a lot of this stuff was improvised too. You know, I mean, it was transcribed. But not necessarily accurately. If it's just him on on like his own piano, he's gonna yeah. play whatever the fuck he yeah. wants. Yeah. You know what I mean? Beethoven can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Yeah. If it's Good. not like something written for an entire orchestra, like yeah, Beethoven continued through his twenties to grow and push his work in different directions. Although he produced several commissioned works and piano sonatas, stuff for smaller, more intimate crowds, his works became more and more orchestral. Orchestral? Orchestral? Me- orchestral. Orchestral. Orca? Yeah. Orchestral. Oh. It means like whale-like. Whale-like. Yes. Okay. That's, what is that's the Free Willy okay. song by Michael Jackson? Yeah, like, why would I, why did I walk in here today? <laughs> Be careful, Sean. We might get sued for copyright with a cover that good. <laughs> that sounded just like it. Reminds me of the movie. Is Beethoven here right now? <laughs> it must be. Are you channeling Beethoven with that? <laughs> He's channeling his inner Beethoven right now. Well, while composers it's before a, him, that was a Haydn, such as uh, Haydn and Mozart, were undoubtedly, no question, a huge musical influence on Beethoven. Beethoven's approach to his music was markedly different in that his music was less about entertaining or producing something for the pleasure of his it was audience. Selfish. It he was, was for more himself. about getting the sound there in his you head. Go, he Beethoven. had to get his rocks off. He yeah, had to create it. He felt Jeez. it was his priority. And if you happen to be lucky enough to have tickets for the show, lucky you. That's why they made three sequels to the first movie that's right yeah this is a very special dog long living dog this is a real central key in most people's vision of beethoven and it's not entirely inaccurate i mean it's inaccurate that he's a dog but it's not entirely (laughs) inaccurate that people think (laughs) that he's crazy so beethoven proved it you can get famous by being selfish as hell yeah, I think he was In one of the, well, I, if not I the original kind of first, uh, what would you call him, enigmatic kind of okay. musical genius. Yeah. There had been uh, enigmatic uh, uh, visual artists before, painters, sculptors, stuff like that. But as far as like someone that was like known for their music, at least historically that stand out, like Beethoven is the first to me that is... is that historical brooding musical genius. You know? His his selfishness is what defined him. It was not a, ne- a negative trait. He's like the Michael Jordan had. of music. Yeah, I guess you could yeah. say that he had a quite of a, a less of a, a potty mouth, uh, so to speak. Well, but, the how yeah. many how many fucking championships <laughs> did he have, Sean? 
And yeah, that's Did he true. have seven world yeah. championships? No, seven. Didn't. All right. So excuse no. Mr. Jordan for having a potty mouth and but a gambling problem. But here's the thing about Beethoven. His his selfishness is is what defined him. If you want to be good at something, uh, if you want people to enjoy what you do, then you have to enjoy it yourself. And I don't I think, think he was really concerned thing. at all with people enjoying it. Though. I don't think it he gave a, a happy fuck. byproduct. No, yeah. but that's why people liked it is because he enjoyed right. it himself. Right. Yeah. So. But this, I mean, that's that's that confidence in himself and this confidence in himself and abilities didn't it really extend. It doesn't for most musical geniuses. It didn't extend beyond music for Beethoven. What about Sting? I think it's, that's not a bad point. He's, he's like a pretty confident guy, unbearable, Eddie Van Halen. insufferable. Yeah, Van Halen doesn't even like each other. No, there's I no said Eddie. Two, I said Eddie. But Eddie. you notice yeah. how no two members of Van Halen like each other? That's true, and they're they both don't. brothers. There's two brothers. I think they get along okay. Yeah. Actually, I should take that back. Take it back. But I'll tell you what. No three members. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. My main point is here. Beethoven's kind of fucking crazy. Yeah, could be. Yeah. But he didn't have much like a lot of moody geniuses. He he got the attention of a lot of women, but he wasn't great with women. Beethoven's success with women was more often than not limited. He wasn't necessarily the easiest dude in the world to get along with. He was often moody, withdrawn, and hard to read. This made him hard to get close to. Though, this isn't to say he had no success in romance at all. It sounds like he was a woman. Yeah, I was just... (laughs) You took the words right out of my mouth, Sean. Right out of them. (laughs) We're gonna chop. So we're gonna give the ten points to Sean there. They almost went to Chin. Hopefully next time Chin will get I was in there. Ju- I was just about to say it sounds like he's a female himself. I like how everyone's playing heads up ball. No one let that get by them. Good job, fellas. I mean, come on. He had daddy issues. I mean, it just makes sense. That is question number one on my application, by the way. <laughs> What's your relationship like with your father? <laughs> and next one, gluten-free? Question mark? Question mark. <laughs> List food allergies. <laughs> Prescription medication? <laughs> what is gluten? <laughs> that's, that's a good question. No, turn into this fucking nerdist podcast. Who gives a fuck? This isn't a fucking food <laughs> podcast. Do you have a question? <laughs> yeah, is that a good question there? Can we keep any of this shit? Is no. this okay? Yeah. All right. I know. I know. That, I know. What, what, can I get a question real quick? What did Beethoven think what? about gluten? Was yeah. he gluten free though? Did Beethoven <laughs> eat a lot of gluten? So Beethoven, <laughs> though he wasn't, like, though he entirely, was not entirely gluten free. He was not entirely gluten free, but he was not entirely celibate either. So, in fact, one of his friends described him as always in love, and he had some hopeless fair, romance. Had some fair oh, and graceful woman right. that he wanted to get with, and he, he constantly hid his relationships from women themselves and from his friends. So he would always be like sneaking around the neighborhood like a sly fox. It's hard to do with a piano dragon behind Dragon on your back. <laughs> he became very strong. <laughs> he was in the first world's strongest man. He was like the piano carry. Lugging around a pump organ. <laughs> they, you could hear him. <laughs> they called him. He had his own gang. It was Beethoven's 88. He had little knee wraps on and stuff, a little headband. 89. <laughs> Tremendous. Not huge calves, but very strong. Very strong. He was all upper body. Yeah. All, all, yeah. all you could tell, like, he skipped a little leg day here and there. But, I mean, at the piano, people weren't going to see the wheels. No, he's got long pants on. Yeah, and he's like, it's a gun show. It's not a wheel show. And I, that's good. You want to get the people what they're there to see. So, he'd been running, exactly. he'd been running around town getting in all kinds of strange. But Beethoven, in his first long recorded long-term romance, it was with uh, Eleanor von Bruning, who is a sister of one of his good buddies. I mean, this guy was what my hillbilly uncle would call a real cunt head. He even met, he even a kept word. a miniature. But he would portrait. have an accent, wouldn't he? Adabo's a real cunt head. <laughs> he even kept a that miniature portrait much more accurate. of Eleanor for the rest of his life. Wait, wait, wait. A portrait? Yeah, he had like a little like locket of, of Eleanor that he kept. How big was this locket? 
I don't know. I don't understand how they painted it or who commissioned it. Kind of weirded me out. I don't understand any of that at all. Oh, so we've had some interesting painters come up in Tavik recently. We had uh, the Fuhrer himself. I wish you'd just call him then, Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler. <laughs> and then we've had uh, this drunk bastard. People who, can't who, see that you're like a, like a dude with dreadlocks. But I'm just so joking. Like, oh, shit. Am I? But let's say, let's just say... Let's 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 just say this guy's name is Adolf Hitler. Yeah, well, he he was really into dogs. That's all I know. And, uh, and a th- vegan. this other drunk bastard who couldn't even stand up to paint. Adolf he, was a vegan. He literally had to lie on his back, Michelangelo, to paint the ceiling of this fucking church. So you're saying Michelangelo is Hitler, or Hitler should have painted yes, the church? Yes, I am saying that. Both. Wow. Yes. Hot Everything. Takes. All of the above. Well, <laughs> his next relationship. I mean Beethoven, not Hitler. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So is his cousin sister introduced him to? So it's his friend's s- sister that he was with for a okay. while. But then his next serious relationship was was, was with, and this name's kind of hot, Babette Koch. Okay. And she she you was. You think that's a hot name? Well, <laughs> it's not bad. You should see how it's spelled. You should see how it's spelled, Sean. It's like. Everyone, what? How is it spelled, Brandon? <laughs> Why don't you go make some more people wait on you, Sean? <laughs> Axel well, told me to. Don't you dare. Don't you dare tell me to do what, other what? than what Axel tells me to do. I'm just giving you a hard do. time. I want all you right. to follow Uncle Axel's orders at all times. You know? But check this out. What Babette, Uncle Axel says. Babette Uncle Axel was a friend of Eleanor's. Oh, that's a hot name. So he swooped off his first girlfriend who was a sister of his friend he swooped her friend and Beethoven's a dirty dog <laughs> dirty dog Beethoven he just doesn't know what he's doing, doing. He's classic ru- he's Beethoven just, he's just ruining relationships <laughs> of like the family sort everywhere he goes like like who else Axel Rose Axel Rose <laughs> yeah. yeah who's that Brazilian chick he's with I don't know his wife or "Quote unquote wife, <laughs> Bobby. Really? Oh no, that's not his wife. That's like some psychic lady. Is it really? Yeah, it explains a lot. Okay, she he like follows what he says. Really? Yeah, something weird. Yeah, he is a nut job. Hey, same. I've been listening to him his my entire life. If Beethoven could have no had, no wonder psychic, I am where I am. He would have. But it gets better. In a letter to Eleanor, he asks her. <laughs> he he writes to Eleanor and asks Eleanor to remind Babette to respond to his letters. Wow. Big brass ones on that this whole is boy. like so like so like now he, that would be like sending a text. Yeah. Hook me to, up with one of your, your friends. Ex-girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no, no. <laughs> hey, I know you're my ex, but your friend is fucking hot. No, no, no. <laughs> he he sent a text to his ex who he was now with her friend and said, "Hey, tell your friend to text me back." Wow. Wow. Dirty dog. Either that or he doesn't know what he's doing. That just that's a pinnacle of how men you know, are. Some people just I stumble mean, through life. If very he doesn't easily. know what he's doing, he then he'd very right? well be one of them. Well, I'm a famous composer. I do whatever I want. But he didn't even know. All he did was play music for himself and fuck his ex girlfriend's cousins. And that's shit like, like Forrest Gump levels of stumbling <laughs> into things. No, I just started fucking. Little known fact about. <laughs> All right, thank you for coming, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to cut the episode off here because that is the high point. It's all downhill from here. Well, Beethoven seemed to have a real thing for his piano students, or maybe they had a thing for him. Can you blame him? He's Beethoven. For one of his students who became completely smitten with him, her name was Countess Julia Giacciardi. And you don't think Countess is a hot name? You I think, think that's a super think hot name. Boca Burger is a hot name. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think that fucking veggie burrito is a hot name. <laughs> he wrote his piano sonata number fourteen for her, now commonly referred to as Moonlight Sonata. There you go. Beautiful song. Ooh. It is beautiful. It's kind of boring. boring boom, 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 boom. You know what's yeah. boring? Pink Floyd, Sean. How yeah. about that? Well, uh, Gilmore Pink Floyd's boring. Yeah, it is, but it's still pretty cool. Without sitting here taking up all your time waxing poetic about it, let me just say that Moonlight Sonata has gotten more people laid than every rose has its thorn, and let's get it on combined. There's no way. Absolutely. It's been around for hundreds of years, Sean. Hundreds of years. It's supplied two world wars with soldiers. But how many How many people were at these concerts? Thousands. Had, hundreds of thousands. Millions. No way. Where, did, did, where was the biggest place that Beethoven ever played at? 
Just curious. Fucking Madison Square Garden. You guys. Fucking I don't Madison know. Square with, Garden. With Billy Joel. Paul McCartney sold made out. an appearance. Did he the play, did he play Bonnaroo? It's really cool. <laughs> Is that Lollapalooza? <laughs> I have Vans Warped Tour. I have every DVD of Bonnaroo since 2014, and I no, haven't you, seen him on any you of play, them. You played at Coachella. <laughs> Uh, that, that, no, that's I think most bad. of his, his concert bad. halls were uh, a couple hundred people and, and pretty exclusive because the tickets were expensive. So um, it, it seems like an invite only. No, I mean, it was open to the public, but it was expensive to go. So it's a real luxury item. Like it, it was something that you got to realize how poor the average person, the average poor person uh, up until the last hundred years was very poor. So having the disposable income to go to like a orchestral performance was a pretty exclusive thing, like way more exclusive than going to the movies today. It would be more okay. like maybe going on a cruise or something more analogous to that. Like you cruise would have to have where? Fucking Madison Square Garden. No, but all these glimpses into the softer side of Beethoven became more and more fleeting. By his early 30s, he had become truly more and more unruly, more withdrawn, more surly. No one could figure out what was going on, and Beethoven was much too Whoa. embarrassed to admit it. He was going deaf. Boom. That's it. Wait, what? He was deaf. That is what? right. He was, go- he, was going, he, was going, he was going deaf. One more time? Going, he was going deaf. I'm sorry. I can't he, hear you. He was, he was going deaf. Oh. <laughs> deaf. He was dead. Yes. Okay. Uh, actually, I titled this episode Deaf Jams. <laughs> <laughs> so the great composer, whose reason for existing on this earth was to make music like no one else could was losing the mechanism that allowed him to do it. Imagine a painter losing their sight. Their mind would have to create the mental picture and actualize it without any visual feedback. I know it's terrible, but what if Bob Ross still continued his show? and he It couldn't... would be infinitely more entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> he would paint the most beautiful sunsets. What do you really, though? I feel like four little houses stacked on top of each other. We're going to put a little house over here. And a little house over here at the same fucking spot. He's 13. <laughs> He starts using stencils. He just wants, we're going to put a mountain over here and a little tree over here. It's a big, dark mountain. <laughs> like, just one thing. <laughs> Giant fucking birds, because you can't see how big they are. It's a happy little it's bird. It's a ter- terrifying painting. <laughs> Giant terror it's birds. Shit that you would see in a fucking nightmare. Dark, <laughs> creepy Nedley. mountains with little stacked up houses. <laughs> little Dracula houses. <laughs> Things of nightmares. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's enough of that. Well, you wouldn't be able to see how bright red was or how. Literally. You wouldn't, yeah. Or how it mixed in with the blue next to it. Or if it was even red at all. Every detail of your work would have to be painstakingly pried from the memory of your prior performances. Mental, Mental muscle memory, tapping into and trusting of the subconscious at a level few can contemplate. Well, there's also the fact that. You can feel how the piano, the, the touch response right. of the piano sure. is, is a whole nother sensation. Mm-hmm. And when you lose the ability to hear, like let, someone playing like an electric piano or even like a Rhodes or anything like that, has a Tyne piano, has no idea what that note feels like. Right. But a man sitting down at an actual concert piano sure. on a, a stage in a, in a concert hall could technically remember what that felt yeah, like yeah, to play totally. concert C. Yeah. So yeah, to to the layman's credit, <clears throat> yeah, it's possible. It, it is. But Absolutely. only a crazy genius could do it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it's just like anything else, any other um you know, feat that looks impossible, but I mean when the right guy puts their mind to it, you know. Right. Right. It's uh like we Chin and Chin grew up wrestling. We we grew up wrestling, and we, there's guys that have won national titles with one leg, and yeah, they've gone yes. super far in the sport with no. True. Uh, what's the guy's name with no arms or legs? Um, I don't know his name, but I do know. You know the, what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. And then you got Anthony Robles, uh, who was a one legged one legged national from champion ASU? from ASU. Yeah. yeah, but then again, if you, I mean. It's a, I mean, it's completely different from playing a piano. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But if you look at the difference between who he was wrestling in the national title, his upper body was completely 
bigger than the other guys. But and that's the same. You could say the same thing for Beethoven though, because it's like, well, this isn't some dude on the street learning to play piano. This is someone that's been trained in Groom. music his entire yeah. life. Yeah, he is just like Donald Anthony Trump Rose of piano. Yeah. Which yeah, and he had so many years of experience before, so he had it in his freaking blood already right. to know how to play. So exactly, yeah. But it's a, it's the same kind of muscle memory thing, yes. yeah, and over, and overcoming like an an insane limitation that you would think if you can't hear, you wouldn't be able to do it. But musically, well, he wasn't totally deaf. No, that's a very good yes, very good point. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. totally deaf. We're but looking at seventy to make it where he couldn't hear what he was playing and deteriorating yeah, yeah. as as it goes. So yeah. it starts, it gets to about seventy percent. A hindrance, let's say that. Yeah, he yeah. can't he can't hear very much. Did it uh, become? I'm guessing it became less enjoyable for him. And just, yeah, more difficult to do. Well, I mean, they cured everything with drugs back then, like cocaine. They probably just gave him a liquid cocaine to they cure They definitely did give him a brass horn. Those are, re- like, the, the cartoons, they're not quite that big, and he only got them later in life. But the, the brass, brass horns breast, that he, that he so put cool. in his ear to, like, hear things better, that's a real thing. Huh. So, But musically, without hearing it, Beethoven would have to remember what an A or a C sharp sounded like. And felt if you know like. what's that felt like, sure. Yeah. And if you know music theory, which I don't, uh, so save the emails. Esteban wannabes. Send them all to me. I don't give a shit what a Mixolydian <laughs> scale is. I don't care. Uh, you know certain uh, metal, metal music. I just told you I don't care. Well, I told <laughs> you. <laughs> Did you not hear? Which didn't you understand? That? Don't. <laughs> you know certain chords fit in certain sequences, though. Uh, but how does that A sound come Chords have nothing to do with it. No, well, well you got to think of this, too. He's not just composing on the piano. He's composing yeah. orchestras. So he's got to remember what an A sounds like coming from a French horn. Or what's a C sharp sound like coming from an oboe? Beethoven not Shitty. only had... Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Annoying. Especially if it's coming from something called an oboe. Oboe. <laughs> strong. Look at my oboe. Strong play, play anti-oboe sentiment. lips. We are very anti woodwind, apparently. <laughs> anti oboe, double reads. Wow. <laughs> so again, save the emails. Save the emails for the double read community out there. Beethoven had to not only memorize notes, but an entire orchestra. You know what's cool? uh, Danish National Symphony uh, plays these. Sounds cover- delicious. It's, yes. Yes. Very cheesy and, and uh, full of gluten. But uh, they play covers of. Famous movie soundtracks, and they—I recently watched uh, *Man with No Name* trilogy soundtracks. Oh wow! With you know Clint Eastwood, *Good, the Bad, and the Ugly*, yeah. f- *Fist a Few Dollars*, *Few Dollars More*. Sure. God damn it! That song, uh, the theme song, is uh, Sergio Leone directed it. Uh, but uh, that was filmed in Spain, by the way. The Spaghetti West. Yeah, soundtrack. yeah. and uh, the the opening sequence to that is uh, classical guitar and uh, oboe. So. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a, I guess it can't be annoying in every situation. No, I mean the oboe's got to choose. It's got it's, but it's just limited. It's just got to be played <laughs> by a Danish. The number of people <laughs> who've gotten laid playing oboe, <laughs> very few yeah. and far between. Yeah, I'm in the sh- yeah. I'm in the orchestra. What do you play? The oboe? And, yeah. No, and then down the bench. Walks, everybody walks away from that guy. <laughs> well. Beethoven had to remember what all that stuff sounded like and their particular intonations and the subtleties that they all had, and he had to put it all down on paper as he heard it in his head. Really, let's call it what it is. That's fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild that you'd be able to like remember what all that was going to sound like and then put it all together and make some of the best music of his career. And not only was it... Not only was Beethoven going to do this, he was going to write some of the biggest, most powerful, moving works, not only of his career, but in the history of music. Case in point, my favorite work of his, I know this is simple, but still, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. You know the one, yeah, that one. So I imagine there is a group of people, I I bet it was very exclusive. Nobody knew anything about what was going to happen. Right. There was a group of people showing up to this concert hall in Vienna? Yes. And... I do know that he made them wait. He made them wait for a while. The night it debuted, Beethoven packed this freezing theater full of people in Vienna, had them wait for hours, just like our friend, (laughs) Axel Rose. (laughs) Uncle Axel. And then, so picture this, picture this. Bear with me for a second. Picture this in your mind. 
he walks out in front of this crowd, turned to the orchestra, blew everybody's stupid little 18th century brains <laughs> into motherfucking space with this big chord progression. This well, well, there was silence. Silence all the way through. Until. If you, if you made noise during a Beethoven concert, the last scene of Braveheart was coming your way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, You would be disemboweled. It sure. wasn't a good yeah. thing. Yeah. This wasn't music to please or to entertain. It was meant to move Shock these people down to their awe. bones. That's right. That's what it was. Right and there. make them think the world was for sure, no doubt, going to end by the time the song was over. Can you even imagine picking ticks off of you all day, eating hog's <laughs> foot or some gross shit, you ride your stinking stupid horse to the theater to catch Beethoven's new symphony. You sit there and freeze your balls off for hours, wondering when this is going to start, and then all of a sudden, into your miserable, short, shitty, short, shitty existence, <laughs> double short shitty, comes... Dun, 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 dun! Right. And then the rest. It's over. And then that's when everybody shit themselves. Don't take the brown well, I, don't, I don't think they had a chance. Right. Yeah, they were just... Completely baffled what was happening. And, and this was literally the induction of rock and roll. Yeah. The introduction of rock and roll into the world. There's a... In the 18th century. I'm using a lot of exaggeration to be funny in my example. Like we said, these are like upper class people. And they paid a lot of money to be here. They're all dressed up. This is like the high... This is... You can't just turn Beethoven on. You can't turn any of these songs on at the time and hear them on the radio. You're no. going to get to hear this once. Maybe... You might get to hear your favorite song once and you're twice three times if you're lucky in your entire life right this is like a huge thing that they're going to be here to see and imagine being there and you know music is one thing then you walk out and music is something entirely different your whole life is something entirely yeah. different after hearing beethoven's fifth things yeah. are opened up things are different now yeah i mean you can't just go back to your farm you know, leave your family. Your stupid, short, yeah. shitty, stupid go, life. Go to America or something. I wanted how many, like, the people that first heard that, how changed they were after that. I'm you sure they think. all committed suicide. Every <laughs> I one. think that probably <laughs> was, yeah. yeah. They walked, they played in traffic after that. Yeah, Uncle Axel told me, actually. There's yeah. no way that you could, you could get through that without, a, no, but I think it's a, they definitely had a different view of what music was by the time they walked out than they thought it Easily. was when they walked in. And they probably went and told their friends that, like, Beethoven things... changed the game. Right. Buddy. Yes. Hey, crony. <laughs> hey, crony. <laughs> to me, I Beethoven see Beethoven changed music. Did you hear this? <laughs> I see it like like the hippies talking about the dead in the 60s. Like, well, once you see this band, you're going to, like, it's going to be changed, you know, like. It's gonna be, or like when the glam metal guys talked about Motley Crue, like once you see this oh, band, such bitches. It's over. Oh, Motley God. Crue, totally, dude. Have you heard Doctor Feelgood? I am. I am that's so much that more a jam and a half. Yes. I am so much more of a. Yeah. That's, two, that's two full jars of jam. That's uh, a. That's all right. Kickstart so much my jam. heart is pretty good. So much kickstart my heart. All right. All right. Oh, girls, girls, girls. Yeah. Oh, I'll give you that. But I'm I'm more of like a Bon Jovi guy. Oh my gosh, Never. dude! Oh my god! Oh my gosh, is this guy serious? Yeah. Bon hey, well, Jovi. we're calling the NSA on you. <laughs> Actually, no. I mean, NSA. jokes on you. I am the NSA. <laughs> there's that. There's that one. Uh, there's that one Bon Jovi song that they play on the uh, Mac and Charlie's funeral. That's a good song. It's a good funeral song. I never listened to Bon Jovi. Uh, so Bonnie, I know. Dead or alive? Yeah. But the, I think I that's mean, the only good one. If yeah. you, there's no way that there's no way <laughs> that Bon Jovi like could it. follow Motley Crue. Zero chance. Crue would knock them out of the building. Oh yeah. I'm not. I'm not denouncing the fact that Motley Crue is a great band. You know who? You You're know who saying bon Jovi? that they're a bunch of bitches. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, they have access to Dr. Feelgood. Yeah. So maybe they don't care because yes. they got Dr. Feelgood. He's the one that makes you feel all right. He's you the know, one that called Dr. Feelgood. You know Dr. who Feelgood. makes me feel all right is Mr. <laughs> he's gonna Brownstone. Be, he's going to be your Frankenstein. <laughs> all right. Okay. Yeah, but I feed my Frankenstein. Oh, my God. Don't get me on this. On this. Uh, well, so Beethoven got up around 7 and he got out of bed around 9. <laughs> and he continued to write. Good on the work on time. <laughs> uh, he continued to produce with a fury. Uh, who is a uh, fucking A? Who you trying to think of? Cooper. Alice Cooper. Enthralling radio. 
<laughs> so uh, there's the, the vampire movie with Johnny Depp, and he's like, and he keeps referring. At, at, uh, Alice Cooper's in the movie, and he. And Johnny, oh, really? He really is. And uh, Al, and uh, Johnny Depp refers to him throughout the whole movie as the Cooper woman, and it's fucking. That's hilarious. hilarious. It is fucking hilarious. They're in a band now. Oh yeah, that's the Hollywood right. vampires. Bunch of bitches. Wow, <laughs> hot takes all over the place. Are you saying that Alice Cooper sucks? No, I'm saying the Hollywood vampire sucks. <laughs> Sean is coming in hot tonight. Cover your heads, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Johnny Depp is stuck in. He's a weird mode. dude. Pirate. He's mode. a weird dude, yeah. man. Yeah. Nothing well, wrong with that. No, no. no. Well, Beethoven. Uh, he just deserves his own episode. That's, I, I, you might be right about that. Uh, but Beethoven continued to write. He continued to produce with a fury while he could. He wrote several more symphonies that have become timeless standards. All. Yeah, that's a good one too. All without being able to hear it. Throughout the rest of his life, he would try a variety of hearing aids that mostly just looked like crappy brass horns you see in cartoons. I know I'm not the first one who saw him. I'm not the only one that saw him on Animaniacs. Anybody else remember Animaniacs? I do remember You know what that. What uh, comes to mind when you say Brass Horn is that scene in Wild, uh, the Wild West? Wild West with uh, yeah, yeah, Will yeah. Smith, that, uh, what's his name? General Blood. Oh, that's Blood, what we're talking about. That's Blood, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly yeah. what we're talking Blood, about. General Blood, Bath, yeah. McGrath or whatever, and he yeah. has that little turtle shell with the horn on it. That's and about right. That's for what it our monthly me of. Mel Gibson reference, let's bring up the Patriot and talk about this for a moment. <laughs> oh, no shit. You're right. <laughs> it was a hearing. Yes. Uh, who had that? Who had that? Uh, the it old was, guy. It was uh, Mel Gibson's son's lover, uh, her, her father, who had gone deaf after the first French and Indian War. Who ironically survived Heath Ledger in real life. He really yeah. did. Yeah, Couldn't hear? Survived Heath Ledger. Yeah. And then they all burnt in the church. Yes. But that's true. That's true. Hey, that's true. Sadly. True what story. can you do? Bunch of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Burn. Literally. <laughs> Duck and cover, oh, motherfuckers. That is too far. Sean DeMers is coming for you. <laughs> you are banned from the podcast. For <laughs> no, no, no. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> Beethoven continued to write, uh, continued to grind it out. You can see a collection of, uh, of all of his hearing aids at Beethoven House Museum in Bonn, Germany. Or you can just Google it, whatever. They are surprisingly right next to Rasputin's cock. It's true. <laughs> about, to, about the same size. About the same size. Don't worry. He won't hear him coming. <laughs> That's funny. That's real funny. <laughs> See, it goes both ways there, too. Oh, <laughs> if you've ever seen the god-awful contraptions that were sticking... All right, they were sticking unbanned. In, in, uh, that, was fan- that might be the greatest joke we've ever had on the show. That was tremendous. Uh you can see a collection of them there, and they, they look a lot like, um, you can equate them to like the false teeth, if you've ever seen George Washington's false teeth, those horrible false teeth they stuck in poor George Washington's mouth before the doctors bled him to death. Conspiracy. Look into it. Uh, <coughs> Michael Jackson. Yes, exactly. Yep. Exactly. Uh, so, hey, take a second to look into it. Go ahead. Uh, but it was, entire, it was almost entirely in, in vain. His, his hearing was going out. Uh, by 1811, Beethoven would, would retire from public performing. His hearing would continue to deteriorate, and for the last decade of his life, he resorted to using notebooks or conversation books that he would pass back and forth between himself and whoever was having a conversation with. It's believed that these were around 400. There were around 400 of these books, but just a shade over 250 remain. Was there no such thing as sign language back then, or did he just care not to learn it? Not American sign. Language. Yeah, it wasn't invented yet. Yeah. Oh, there really, really wasn't. Yeah. Oh wow. So you look like a real asshole. That, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Band. No, it wasn't invented. Yet. Band again. And uh, <laughs> a lot of these, no, a lot of these uh, uh, notebooks are like they're 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 supposed to be pretty funny. He's got like a lot of like back and forth with his friends and stuff. It's not like all serious, like. Oh, really? So it's not just like 400 notebooks of like, sucks, you lost your hearing. I know, right? <laughs> just a dry <laughs> Yeah, thanks. So why, why the chicken cross the room? <laughs> I don't know. I can't I fucking don't know. <laughs> no, I'm asking you. <laughs> I no, don't. seriously, why though? <laughs> Everybody keeps saying this. I don't get it. 
Have you seen the Kiki Challenge? <laughs> Who's this Ax- Uncle Axel guy? Well, uh, he would continue to produce music late into his life, but on March 26, 1827, during a thunderstorm, Ludwig von Beethoven passed away at just 56 years old. That's old. Uh, not that's a, that's kind of a misconception. People think that people didn't live that long in it, but that was the average that were were Yeah, they, it's because of the high intake. infant mortality yeah, yeah. rate. So like when the, so many kids died at like a really young age, it brought the average way down. So it's still a pretty damn young age for him to die at. Like really? his his health okay. deteriorated pretty rapidly. Uh his but legacy though Syphilis is that that Correct. that is a, a one of the the theories. There's no there's no proof to that, okay. but that that is one of the theories. Yeah, um, you would think that they wouldn't just have a theory. They would know since like a man of his stature, how you know famous he was, that they would actually know the cause of death. Now. Yeah, but they don't even like they. I don't think they knew about like Capone. His his uh, his his yeah. mind deteriorated completely because of syphilis, and I don't think that was like public information for a long no. time. So and I don't know that we don't know that he had that that was his problem. It could have just been um just genetic deterioration. Yeah. But uh Beethoven has proven to be a music immortal. His legacy has been cemented long before he died and his legend has grown ever since. He's been able to transcend not just the decades but the centuries in multimedia as well. Yeah, absolutely. And he's been remixed into all different types of music. You know, yeah, there there really isn't anybody that I can think of that has transcended time as well as him as well. Right. Like everyone knows like Chin's your background isn't in music, it's in comedy. Hmm. And, and in fucking people up. <laughs> that's fun. That's, that's a that's a that's good, a, that's <laughs> good real case good. in point. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't know that much about Beethoven walking in, no. but you still no. knew who Beethoven was. Yeah, very true. I mean, I've I've heard. I mean, to be honest with you, I've heard it, but that shit puts me to sleep. Well, I think it's what Moonlight. I don't but think Moonlight's Moonlight not a, was meant to keep you that's up. Why, but no, yeah. I other yeah, I've never, never once looked into his life story. Other than the fact that I know he was deaf. I was gonna say you knew he was deaf, kind of. Yeah, yeah, kind of deaf. Kind of. See, but I th- yeah, see, I didn't know it was kind of or the yeah. whole horn thing. I never knew about that. Yeah, he had like a little a little horn yeah. stuck in his ear. The more you know, old horny Beethoven. <laughs> well, he wasn't just a credit to his art; he was a credit to humanity. Moody and difficult as he may have been at the end of the day, he was a genius. And at the end of the day, damn right, he was Beethoven. Yes, damn right. The one and only. So we want to thank you again for tuning Beethoven. in. Beethoven. 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 Good dog. I want to thank you for tuning in <laughs> again to this episode of All Damn Night. Thanks again to our resident expert. Thank you very much. And uh, thanks for coming on, Chen. We really had a blast with you. Thank you. Uh, Unbanned. Unbanned. Unbanned, absolutely. Uh, you can uh, check us out uh, online at All Damn Night Podcast, AllDamnNight.com. AllDamnNight.com. Uh, All Damn Night Podcast on Instagram. You can email us at Sean at AllDamnNight.com. S E A N. And Brandon at AllDamnNight.com. Uh, Chin, you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, I've said it once. I'll say it again. I don't have Facebook because Illuminati runs Facebook. Oh. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. It is Christian double underscore Eber. That is. Christian double underscore E-B-E-R. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you. Had a blast having you on, and we look forward to having you back. Yep. Had a blast being on. So tune in next time, and until then, we'll see you on the best damn podcast in music history all damn night. Mm -hmm.